Exactly a year ago, I received one of the greatest Christmas gifts I ever received. Actually, the greatest. On December 27th last year, on the Feast of St. John the Evangelist, I was ordained a priest here at the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy, entering into that apostolic succession, going back all the way to the very apostles of which one of, one, one of whom we celebrate today. And in God's providence, you know, having it on December 27th, the Feast of St. John the Evangelist, I wondered why it came to be that date. Uh, you know, why St. John? I, I admit, I don't have, I didn't have the, the greatest devotion to him throughout my seminary years, except that uh, a certain book that was becoming popular uh, in seminaries across the country was a book called Insinu Jesu, on the breast of Jesus. And uh, it goes into uh, meditations on, you know, St. John's great privilege of being that beloved disciple on whom he rested on the, the breast of Jesus, the chest of Jesus at the Last Supper, that intimacy of Christ with one of his disciples. And last night, uh, one of the postulants, Alex, asked me, you know, uh, give us a reflection on how it's been being a priest the past year. And, uh, I mean, first of all, it's just been a great blessing, a great joy, uh, especially being at the parishes in Illinois, uh, with the two parishes there and the school there. And I'd say one of the things uh, that has been really, uh, I guess, noticeable for me, though, is just seeing that invitation by the Lord to go deeper in friendship with him, in fellowship with him, and sharing that through his priesthood, his sacrifice, and that is what we see in our, our reading today is from the first reading, the beginning of the first letter of St. John. He says, you know, he's talking about what he has heard and what he has seen with his eyes, looked upon and touched with his hands. He is giving testimony to that. As we heard in the gospel, he was at the tomb, he saw it empty, he's giving testimony, and he dedicates his life to inviting others into this fellowship. That is what he says today, we, what we have seen and heard, we proclaim now to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us, for our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing this so that our joy may be complete, that joy of intimacy with the Lord and inviting others to friendship, discipleship with Christ. St. John the Evangelist is also known as the beloved disciple because that is how he's described in his, his gospel, the one whom Jesus loved. And he is a, a type uh, for all of us. We are all called uh, to be beloved disciples of the Lord. And we only love the Lord because he first shows us his love. He is also known as 
one of the sons of thunder, you know, his brother and him uh, being nicknamed the sons of thunder by Jesus, being one of those fishermen, probably with loud voices. And he was one of those privileged three close disciples of the Lord, Peter, James, and John, you know, at certain times having certain uh, uh, intimate moments with the Lord up in the, the mountain during his transfiguration, and then again in the agony of the garden, only then three were with the Lord there. But even though St. Peter was shown the greatest honor in being made uh, the vicar of Christ, the head of his church, the rock of his church, St. John was shown the greatest love by the Lord. He alone was privileged to rest on his heart at the Last Supper. And at the foot of the cross, during Jesus' last will and testament, in his dying moments, he bequeaths to him his greatest treasure. St. John receives the Lord's greatest inheritance, his mother, his beloved mother, his virgin mother. And he's given, she is given over to the virgin disciple. You know, tradition has it that St. John was betrothed to uh, a woman before he became a disciple of Christ, but uh, left that behind in order to follow Jesus. Whereas all the other apostles uh, were traditionally known to be uh, married and left behind their families uh, for the sake of proclaiming the gospel around the world. And oftentimes, St. John, because he uh, was also the youngest apostle, oftentimes you'll see him in art, especially at a you know, painting of the Last Supper, usually with uh, no beard. And I remember Father Dan Cambra, when I was a novice, we were traveling somewhere with him, uh, I think at the Holy Apostle Seminary, and they had a beautiful um, image of the Last Supper. And Father Dan had pointed out, you know, it's interesting that uh, St. John is always depicted without a beard because he's the youngest. Uh, but you, Matthew, uh, you are the youngest novice, and you're the only one with the beard. Uh, so I don't know if St. John you know, didn't have a beard at that young age. Uh, St. John, he, after uh, Jesus's ascension, took care of Mary, had that great treasure, and that's one of the great aspects uh, that we are reminded, especially for us priests, not only to have this intimacy with the Lord, like St. John, resting on his heart in adoration, but to be very close to his mother, to take her into our home, in the home of our hearts. And St. John did that physically, uh, sometime in Jerusalem and then to Ephesus. Uh, Father Gabriel was just on a pilgrimage to Ephesus and was very moved at the, the house of Mary and John there that they, uh, traditionally hold is still there. And St. John, uh, unlike the other apostles, was uh, 
never martyred. He lived the longest life. He lived into his uh, 90s, according to some of the early church fathers. And part of that was uh, because there was some uh, heresies going around that Jesus wasn't actually divine. And so St. John, his is the fourth gospel, the last gospel written uh, after the three first gospels, synoptic gospels. And he writes proving, emphasizing the divinity of our Lord. You know, the beginning of uh, his gospel, the prologue to the gospel of John begins with that, that the word was in the beginning and continues to be and became flesh. So the prologue to St. John's Gospel is so rich, such an, has a, such a uh, beautiful and fine, um, you know, eloquent way of putting how the Word became flesh that actually priests for the last thousand years would pray the prologue to John's Gospel as an act of thanksgiving after every Mass, reminding that not only did the Word become flesh when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, was conceived in his mother's womb, but he also becomes flesh at every mass and comes to dwell not only amongst us in the Holy Land, but also comes to dwell within us in Holy Communion. St. John also wrote uh, three epistles and then the book of Revelation while he was exiled on the island of Patmos. And he especially writes in his gospel, going back to that fellowship we are called, there's that beautiful line in John 15, I no longer call you slaves, but friends. You know, Jesus is very particular about his, his choice of words. You know, each, each word is worth its weight in gold. And so why does he call us friends? Why does he call us, you know, not servants or acquaintances? It's because we share now in what Jesus has. And the word friend had a very particular meaning uh, in ancient time. You know, the Roman emperors, they only had a select few friends of the emperor. Uh, and so these friends of the emperor would have unlimited access to, to the emperor. You know, they could even enter his, his bedroom before sunrise. They were closer to him than uh, servants, advisors, his generals. They were what formed the emperor or king's inner circle. They had access to his heart. And so St. John emphasizes to us that we have access to Christ's heart. We do not need to be uh, troubled because we can trust in the Lord. He will care for us and he will listen in his time and he will act. And he shows his love for St. John also in a special way in that 
he was not martyred, but St. John did desire to be martyred, like his fellow apostles. He was scourged and then put in a boiling pot of oil. And miraculously, just like the three uh, young men in the book of Daniel, who survived the great furnace in Babylonia, in Babylon, St. John also miraculously was preserved from, from execution. He, though, you know, could be described as a sort of a, a white martyr. He had that desire, he had that intention. His great honor, then, is being preserved from all impurity, being completely chaste, offering up his virginity to the Lord. So that is one of the great glories of St. John, is that he is the, the virgin apostle and the, the prince of all virgins. He then has many special privileges and honors and glories as uh, the beloved disciple. You know, he's a relative of Jesus. He, you know, is part of the royal family of David in that aspect. He then is also uh, the eagle. That's his symbol out of the four apostles because he is soaring high with his uh, very theological and rich philosophical gospel. He's the theologian. He's the son of Mary. He's one of the four evangelists because by his history, he has given the life of his divine master and friend. He's a sacred writer because he wrote three epistles under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He's a prophet by his mysterious uh, book of Revelation and wherein, you know, all the treasures and secrets of time and eternity are uh, hidden. And he is the prince of virgins. You know, on this third day in the octave of Christmas, he is, it is fitting then that he is close to Jesus there in the manger. You know, Jesus is joined by his mother, Mary, and his foster father, Joseph. He's joined by uh, his, the army of angels singing glory to God in the highest. He's joined by the shepherds of humble and simple hearts. And then yesterday, he was joined by St. Stephen, that first martyr, that first crowned soldier of martyrdom. And today, now he is joined by the, the Prince of Virgins, the beloved disciple of whom we are all invited to, to share in that discipleship of being loved, of entering into an intimate fellowship with the Lord, that our joy also may be complete. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. 
simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.